Yeah, hello. Very good morning. How are you today? I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me in Matthew chapter 20. What a privilege to be here again. When I say it's a privilege, it's a real privilege. You know, what we are doing here this morning uh, is very, very dangerous in more than 50 countries across the world. It's really dangerous. Um, so it's a privilege to be here, to open our Bibles and to speak openly about God's words and the scriptures and about our faith. We spend a whole week doing the things that we need to do with our families and work and life and entertainment. All of this is good, but now I need your attention. And you at home watching on YouTube, just open your Bible with us. Get rid of all distractions now. Put your focus because we are about to open and to share the Word of God, the Scriptures. And I'm sure that God can speak with me and you this morning. So Matthew chapter 20. Uh, we are finishing this series of parables of Jesus. And today we are going to talk about the parable of the workers in the vineyard. So let's read Matthew 20, verse, from, uh, verse 1. For the kingdom of heaven, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. And he agreed to pay them a denarius. Denarius, it, it was a wage for one day of work. Okay, one day work, one denarius was the, the wage. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and send them into his vineyard. Now, stop here. What's shocking what Jesus is saying here? Why? Because a landowner of a vineyard, uh, the field was a vineyard, he should be a very rich and wealth guy because wine was something very expensive. And so usually they used to send an employee or a manager or someone to hire new uh, workers for his vineyard. But the owner is going. He agreed to pay a denarius for the day and send, uh, send them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out again, and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. Keep this in your mind, doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. So here there is no contract, there is no denarius, just whatever is right. They just went with no questions, no contract, they just went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Well, because no one has hired us, they answered. And he said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to, the, to his foreman, now is the manager is involved here, 
call the workers and pay them their wages. But look this, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. Now, they finished the day at 6 p.m. These guys, they worked one hour. Verse 10. So, when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. Come on, of course. <laughs> but each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. Oh, if it was me there, I would be with these guys <laughs> complaining as well. 12. These who were hired last worked only one hour, they said. And you have made them equal to us. Keep this in your mind, this sentence, equal to us. Who have burned the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. Wow. Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who has hired less the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I'm generous? So the last you'll be the first and the first you'll be the last. Amen. Lord Jesus, please help us to understand your word. We love you and we want to hear from you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. It's full of teachings, this parable. We have no time to go for each detail, but uh, I don't know. Sometimes I feel really angry when I read some parts of Bible. Looks like, come on, Jesus, what's happening here? There's a book from uh, Fillmore, and the book is called uh, Gagging Jesus. Sometimes Jesus teaches some stuff that we feel is not comfortable. Example, why do bad things happen with good people? We have this book, actually, we have thousands of books trying to give an answer for this. Why do bad things happen or keep happening with good people? You know, all of us, we have friends and, and, and some people that we love, relatives, and sometimes this person is struggling with something. In our minds and our thoughts, we think, oh, this person, he don't deserve it. She don't deserve it, this kind of husband. He don't deserve it, this kind of wife. We don't say it, but sometimes we think, because he's such a good person, such a nice guy. Why bad things? Have you ever feel angry when someone who didn't deserve something good receive it? This person didn't deserve nothing good, but he's receiving it since we were kids. For example, school, kids, school, okay? You are doing your best, putting all your effort, A-levels is coming, or GCSE, whatever, and then you have marked with C. And that girl, she was marked with A+, but you know, you knew it, she was cheating. 
and now her parents is taking her for Disney and she became a popular girl in the school and the teacher is her best friend. She's not a good girl. Or you, you are working in your company and you have that friend, that colleague, co-worker and the guy just got promoted. The guy is beautiful, handsome, beautiful body, beautiful car, beautiful family, beautiful everything. And now he got promoted. It's a good money. But you know he's cheating his wife with that girl from the sales department. And inside of your heart you think, ah, oh, he's not a good guy. Look his character. Sometimes his wife comes on a weekend uh, on a Friday to pick him up and then she waits for you, oh, hello and hello. And you think in your heart, oh, what this guy is doing, he doesn't deserve it. I deserve it. Come on, I'm trying to be cool, I'm trying to be nice, I pay my taxes. I drive properly, I'm a cool guy. I don't use drugs, I don't drink alcohol, just a bit. But and try to be nice and polite. I know how to behave. I'm sure all of us here, we try to do our best. We try to be good wives and husbands and kids and teenagers. We try to be good. We always are looking for some acceptance or approval. So we try to prove that we earn it. All the good things. Because somehow, Inside of my mind and my heart, I do believe I'm good. Come on, I'm good. I'm not like these guys, drunks, or, or sometimes we help people. We don't serve. We help from above. We help because they are bad. I am okay. I'm a Christian. I even give money to the church. Come on, God. God, this is my CV. <laughs> Ah, come on, I'm trying to be good. I'm not stealing, I'm not cheating, I'm not doing all this kind of stuff. So, the Gospel of Jesus is not a good advice. It's a good news. And this is different. A good advice is not to make you more polite or well-behaved. It's another thing. Let me read here Romans chapter 3. There is no one righteous not even one there is no one who understands there is no one who seeks god all have turned away they have together become worthless there is no one who does good not even one for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god what's happening here my friend doesn't matter if you are very nice polite and a good person if i had behind me now a big screen showing for everybody in this camera and here in the garden church all your thoughts and my thoughts and intentions of my heart from this last week or from even to yesterday oh we would run away full of shame here and never come back because there is something that is inside of us in our DNA and hearts and bones called sin. It's not only something that I do outside of me, it's in me. How can I get rid of this? How can I be a good person? The answer is in this text that we read now. Now, the first verse of 20, Matthew 20, Jesus is just put in this first verse here, the gospel. 
for the kingdom of heaven, so it's totally different than our kingdom, our mindset, the way that we understand merit or rewards or compensations or worth. The kingdom of heaven's different is like a landowner who went out. So is the land honor coming? Is the land honor coming from heaven, from his glory? He came here. Now, let me just read again a very basic and beautiful and powerful Bible verse for God. So loved the world that he gave. It's not because I'm good. It's not because I'm pretty. It's not because I'm nice. It's not because I'm cool. It's because of his love that he gave his own and only son that whoever believes in him. I don't know if it's your first time here or looking to this camera or watching on YouTube. I don't know. But it's for whoever who believes in him shall not perish. But have, ever, uh, but have eternal life. For God did not send this Son to the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the Gospel. So in, when Jesus stands before the crown and starts, oh, let me tell you a story, a parable, wealth, rich, land, honor went out. He's talking about himself. He came. He came. And verse 2. Sent them into his vineyard. Jesus came for me and you. Jesus came for us. But then he gave us a mission. Did you know that hundreds of young people still want to join? Uh, young people from England or from UK, I mean, still wants to join with the ISIS and Islamic State. We had 900 of young guys going to Syria in the last seven years to fight and to be part of Islamic State, the ISIS. I was reading a, a story in the BBC about one of these guys. He came from a rich place here. I don't dare to say the name because my English, you know how it is. Uh, and this boy with 20 something years old, he's part of ISIS and he was giving an interview for, for a BBC reporter who was there. And he said, oh, I came because my life was just normal. You know what is this? When he said, go into my vineyard, God's giving for us a mission and a purpose. Something to fight for, something to stand, to, to do. Because without that, we are just doing nothing. If you read later on, this same parable, Jesus keeps repeating when the landowner goes to the marketplace, people are standing there, and he keeps saying, you are doing nothing. Why? Oh, because they woke up very early in the morning, they went to the marketplace, they are worried, they need money to eat, to pay the bills. It's just normal life for Jesus. They are doing nothing because the only thing who gives meaning and a purpose for my life is to work in his vineyard, is to fulfill my call. There's a mission for me and you. Without this, there is no purpose. I would just wake up, go to work, look after the kids, pay the bills, watch some Netflix, and come to the weekends, uh, weekends in the church. 
And the youth guys, the, the, the young people, they are looking for a purpose, all of us. If you, if you have a look in the bestsellers books in Amazon, it takes you 10 minutes to see what our people are looking for, what kind of books they are reading. Purpose, purpose, looking for a mission, for a meaning for their, their lives. And Jesus says, go into my vineyard. There is something God's kingdom for you and for me. There is a, a place for us. There is a work to do. There is something to do. And then he keeps saying, verse 7, I love verse 7. Because no one, look this guys, no one has hired us, they answered. What's happening here? Jesus is teaching about the grace. The grace is for the best and for the worst. We have five times the landowner went out to hire employees for his vineyard. Five times. The first guys, very early in the morning. The last one's just 5 p.m. It's God insisting in saving and giving new opportunities. But the grace is for the good guys and the, the bad ones as well. Now, what's happening here? Uh, guys, I came from Brazil. Football, like here in England, everybody loves football. And a guy like me, I'm horrible in football. I don't know how to play. I'm tragedy. Even in the, the church camps, oh, tragedy. But I had to. There was no option. In my country, in every corner, you have kids playing football. If you go for, for these big names and footballers, famous, Pelé, whatever, Brazilian ones, their personal story, they came from a very poor place. The kids, they play football in the streets with no shoes and no pavement. They keep playing football. So at some point in your life, if you were born in Brazil, you have to play football. <laughs> if, you, if you don't want to, you're not a person. And there are some rules, okay? So, we have five, ten boys, twelve boys. Oh, I want this guy, I want this guy, I want this guy in my team, I want this guy in my team. And always you have one special guy. The owner of the ball. Doesn't matter if he's bad or good. Oh, we need to have this guy in my team because the ball belongs to him. And if it's a nice ball, Adidas, Nike, nice one, he chooses the people. What's happening here? Jesus is choosing the owner of the ball. The guys were not good. They were just left behind in the market, marketplace. Nobody gave them any opportunity. They were just there, doing nothing. Maybe you can feel yourself like the first workers. I'm part of the church, walk with Jesus for the last 400 years. I know everything about Bible, I know theology, I know everything. And, but maybe you are watching this here on YouTube or you have friends who are now addicted in cocaine, who feel guilty because of some abortion, they cannot forgive themselves, who don't understand and don't know how to pray, but they are thirsty of God. They're kind of seeking God. They are in the marketplace. Nobody cares about them. They are not welcoming any religious environment. Their personal stories is full of fails and is ugly, but they are there, the last hour workers. The grace is for me who was born in the church, 
and for them it's the same God, it's the same love, it's the same grace, it's the same opportunity. It's Jesus calling everybody, come to my vineyard, all of you, come to my vineyard, come to my vineyard. Why you are here? Because no one cares about us. Why maybe they were the, the, the last? Maybe they were up late, maybe they were not with a good and a fit body to work. They were there. Jesus was there. I really, I don't know if hate is a strong word for this, but I don't like when people put some labels on people. Oh, that guy is divorced. That guy is addicted. That guy is a drunk. That guy is a failure. Nobody is for Jesus. I don't care if you don't know where your next meal is coming from, Jesus wants you. I don't care about your past, if you feel guilty, if you never feel loved by someone, Jesus wants you. Jesus goes to find you, he's going, he is going. And now, verse 12, 12. How many times I see in my life, I saw in my life this verse 12. The, last, uh, uh, the first guy is complaining, fighting, and uh, grumbling against the, the last workers. And they said, You, for the landowner, and you have made them, the last workers, equal to us. Because they, they were thinking they deserve it. Homework for you. You need to watch that film. Okay, it's an old film. I think you watched it already, but it's a nice one. I have to, we need to watch at home, Giovanna, for the girls. Uh, Saving the Private Ryan. Do you know, Josh? It's a nice one. Tom Hanks? I never know the names of the character. I know the, the actor, the penny. So Tom Hanks was there. Steven Spielberg was the director. 1998, Saving Private Ryan. It's a nice one. Matt Damon, Tom Hanks, a nice film of war, strong film. What happened? Oh, spoiler, okay? It's 1998, guys. Come on, let me tell you the end. So, Tom Hanks died. <laughs> okay? He's the captain, plus eight guys. The mission is, okay, we need to rescue, to save Ryan. Ryan is the soldier. Ryan is in the war. Because there is a law, and there is this law. If I have someone from your family fighting the wars, and I have, for example, four kids, if I lost three of them, the, the government, they need to find the, the last one to save. Otherwise, finish your family. So this is the mission. They need to go second war to save this Ryan. Where is Ryan? Oh, they, they keep the whole movie trying to find where is this guy. Finally, they got Ryan. In that scene at the end, shots and guns and gun machine and everything, Tom Hanks died. Before he died, you have that scene, the music, he was in the ground, blood and everywhere, almost dying. And Ryan is there, and all the guys, they, they die, the violent death. And then Tom Hanks said to Matt Damon, to Ryan, in his ears, oh, earn this, earn it, and he died. Then the movie changed, 
for that. You know that beautiful symmetries in America with white crosses for the soldiers? The camera is showing now the symmetry. Ryan is there. He's old now, old, many, many years after this scene. He's there and he has, a, has this moment of prayer and conversation with Tom Hanks' graveyard about his life. And then the camera changed and you see behind Ryan all his family. It's a big family with kids and, and, and grandchildren. He's old now. It's beautiful. And you see this, wow. So the guy lived a good life. And then his wife comes along him on his side. And she read the name on the, the cross there. Oh, who is this person? And then Ryan uh, talks to her, the camera in his face. And he said, tell me, I have lived a good life. Tell me that I'm good. Ryan is this kind of Christian with this debt with God, trying to earn it. This grace and salvation and everything, trying to prove God, I'm trying to do my best here. I'm trying to be faithful to my spouse, I'm trying to be faithful to you. Look God, I'm here, I'm trying to do my best. But the problem is, God don't see us from our good behavior. It's from His own mercy and love. And these guys, the, the, they were very early working in the vineyard. They can't believe, how can you make them equal to me, God? I'm here doing everything in this church. I'm here reading my Bible. I'm here to be a good girl, a good boy. I'm trying to preserve myself to not have sex before the right time. I'm trying to be faithful to your word. How can you, God, save someone wrong? Is this happening here? And, and, and the, I don't know, the strongest part is the landowner talked with these guys and he said, Take your pay and go. There is no space in God's kingdom for self-righteousness. For those who feel they are perfect. Who those who look like we were receiving the teaching here from Kids Church look from above. For those who think they are special, take your pay and go. There is no space. That's why Jesus starts the first sentence, the kingdom of heaven. Oh, it's upside down. It's totally different than, than we think should be. And he finished. Are you envious because I'm generous? What, what's my response to the gener generosity of God? So the last, you'll be the first. The first to be the last. Full stop. This is the gospel. I'm saved by the grace of God, not because I'm a nice person. My, my behavior, I cannot buy salvation with this. God can save any person. This is the kingdom of God. I don't need to feel in a moral debt with God or trying to prove for everybody that I'm good. I'm already loved because God so loved 
the world. It's not written there, God so loved the believers, God so loved the world, that he gave for free. For free. It's amazing to understand this and to change our look and our vision for those who are the lost and the least, for those who are not smelling good, for those who doesn't know how to speak one sentence without three or four swearing or bad words, for those who doesn't know how to behave, for those who are just trying to get money from any person, is to see them like uh, the workers of last hour. Let's stand and pray. Let's stand for a minute. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Holy Spirit, I want to pray now. There is a mission to do, Lord, in your vineyard. And you keep calling workers for this. And I do pray now, Lord Jesus, because I know your Holy Spirit can touch hearts, minds, and intentions. And lead us to repentance, lead us to salvation, and to change our minds and hearts. And I pray, Lord, thank you for never give up on us. Thank you for your love and generosity and kindness. Thank you because there is a reward for those who are working. Thank you for always give opportunity for those who are lost. Thank you for inviting us. We cannot invite ourselves. You came. You invite us to your plan, your vineyard. I pray for every single person who is watching this on YouTube or here in the Garden Church and every single family. Please, Lord Jesus, give us more of your gospel in our everyday life. To look for the other, to look to our neighbor with the eyes of Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.